Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And good day to you. This is Brad Zockel. I'm the director of the Zulon International Bible Institute and currently on the Heaven Tour. Well, it's good to see you. As a matter of fact, the Heaven Tour has been quite a tour. I am currently broadcasting this podcast from Mississippi. I'm in Smithville, Mississippi right now as I talk to you. And I'm going to be uh, carting myself around the area for quite a little bit here over this weekend. I'll be over in Tremont, Mississippi tomorrow. Today, we had a conference in the wonderful, beautiful venue known as the Stables at Harps Farm. It is a wonderful, wonderful location here, and we had just a very, very powerful time as we looked into the scripture, talked about the rewards of heaven, the different names of God in heaven, and the promises of the believer. What a very special time. Tomorrow, I am going, oh, down the road, I think about 10 miles to do the second part of our conference, and that will be at Mount Pleasant Methodist Church, and that's in Tremont, Mississippi. There's been a wonderful time of private counseling during the day today, as well as public speaking to groups, and I got to make a whole new lot of friends, and I'll tell you what I also got to enjoy. I had an invitation to go over to a local cafe here for lunch and they had fried green tomatoes. Now, to some of my friends in different parts of the world or the United States that have never had fried green tomatoes, this is indeed a treat. I had a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich with fried green tomatoes as those tomatoes, and it was a local treat, and I'm telling you what, that is something I'm going to remember for quite a while. What a great time. Wonderful hospitality from my Mississippi friends. Tomorrow night, I'm going across the state line over into Alabama, going to Hamilton, Alabama, for a Bible study in a private home. We're going to have, no, I take it back. They have expanded it from the private home over into, uh, we're going to go to a local restaurant and have the back section of a restaurant for a Bible study of uh, believers in the Hamilton, Alabama area. And so uh, I am really looking forward to that. Thank you so much for your prayers and your encouragement as I've been traveling around the United States here, and mostly the eastern half of the United States, Texas and Oklahoma, were as far west as I have traveled in the little Honda here. But I do want to say this. I have, just before I started recording, I have talked with Brother Ron Rosales up in Easton, Maryland, and we have now agreed on planning And we are going to carry out our second Heaven is Home conference in Easton, Maryland. That is going to be on October 21st and 22nd. October 21st and 22nd to the Hispanic community. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was a conglomeration of five churches. And this is the one that I told you about last year. The second day, we met in a restaurant for a breakfast which Ron said, I believe that everybody will want about a half an hour worth of questions and answers. And this is the place where I told you we went over three hours in questions and answers. It was a magnificent time. We just had so much, just, oh, I just can't even tell you, so much love 
and uh, in-depth training uh, into the scriptures. And I'm telling you what, we just have great memories of there. My brother Brent went with me as we went up to the Heaven is Home Conference in Easton, Maryland. It is going to be, once again, it is going to be October 21st and 22nd. And as I speak with the Hispanic community, if you'd like to come, um, we are going to have an interpreter there. So as I speak, Ron will be interpreting for the the Spanish-speaking community within the audience, loving, loving people all around, and I hope you can join us. Now, today I'm going to read the final first section of Heaven, the Adventure Begins. This is book number two of the Heaven is Home series, and I am sure excited about this series. We are in the works on our newest books and putting them together, and I'd like to share this final first section chapter before I move into the blog section later on in our podcast readings, but I want to share this with you. This is chapter eight. This is the second book of our series that deals with the most asked questions I've had in my online ministry, the daily classes, the weekday classes, both on TikTok and on YouTube. So I'm going to read this right now, and we will finish out the first section of the Heaven, the Adventure Begins, the second book. This is chapter number eight, which is question number eight. And the question is, how can I be happy in heaven if I don't get what I want? Once again, question number eight, how can I be happy in heaven if I don't get what I want? I have actually been asked this question. And I'll start reading. I've been specifically teaching about heaven in conferences and classes, both on campus and electronically, for more than seven years now, and I must admit that I get frustrated whenever these next questions and comments are offered by Christians. I'll give you some actual examples of those things that have been either mentioned aloud or written in my comments section, such as, quote, and these are exact quotes, my friends, how can I be happy in heaven if I'm no longer married to my spouse? Or, if I can't keep him as my husband, huh? Seems like I'm being cheated. They're talking about going to heaven. If I don't have my pet with me in heaven, I don't think I could enjoy it. I even had a teenage girl raise her hand in a Bible study I was conducting and ask me about her specific pet, a miniature poodle, if I recall correctly. This 18-year-old became belligerent at a point when I told her that the Bible gives no specific insurance assurance that her pet would be in heaven. She actually exclaimed for the whole room to hear, If my Trixie is not in heaven with me, then I don't want... I interrupted her abruptly. I really don't think you should finish that sentence. You are taking a very dangerous attitude if you're really going to say what I'm afraid you'll say. She stared at me for a second and looked away. What I meant was that this dog means everything to me. Throughout the year, I've run into such comments, and I've got to admit I'm quite concerned and even confused by this. The assumption that we are going to be cheated in heaven if we are not in the marital bond or alongside our favorite household pet, well, it troubles me that we would feel that God is in the habit of shortchanging the Christian. Let's start with the marriage question. Jesus was questioned about this, and his very clear answer is found in Matthew 22, verse 30. In the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage. As we've been studying the biblical teachings about heaven, we see that the love relationship in heaven, the family gathering love of the brothers and sisters in Christ, 
is above and beyond our comprehension, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, and that we can be satisfied with his answers. I'm a married person myself, and I just don't see how God the Father, who has given me eternal life in heaven, can somehow be hoodwinking me into believing that I will be enjoying less than the best possible existence under his love. Think of Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4, announcing that the greatest fears of mortal man will be gone, in, in that we will never have pain or face death. Furthermore, Scriptures guarantee the Christian that we will not sorrow, as we have seen numerous times in this book, Psalm 16, verse 11 says that in his presence we will have fullness of joy. Psalm 17 and verse 15 assure us that when we're with him, we will be completely satisfied. As a matter of fact, Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 14, it says that the residents of heaven, the believers, will shout for joy. With all these promises, I don't see how Christians could assume God is going to disappoint them. Often the problem is that we are short-sighted, unable to grasp the eternal when we're surrounded ourselves with so many near-to-us earthly comforts. Let's step back and consider just a few of the many promises of the Bible and see just what has been done for us that is far beyond anything we have ever imagined. Let's start with the consideration of our condition proclaimed in Revelation 21 and verse 4, which states that the Christian will never die, never get sick, never cry, nor ever face sorrow again. God will personally deal with our past as he wipes away every tear. His closeness will be evident, for Revelation chapter 21 and verse 3 is the clear promise that God will dwell with us. We will be his people and he will be our God. Furthermore, we find a satisfaction in the understanding of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10, which says, regarding his plan of the fullness of the times to bring all things together in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. As previously explained in chapter 1, that phrase, brings all things together in Christ, is talking about the adding up of all the events and directions of history and the universe, as Bible scholars note the term to mean. When I go shopping at Aldi or Kroger or Ingalls, I receive a receipt where the sum is at the bottom. But back then, in the business world, in which this was written, the sum total was put at the top of the list of expenses. And so this passage gives us that same explanation. Whenever a receipt was given, the sum was at the top, and so it is in the fullness of times, or you might say in the end times. One of the satisfying promises of the scriptures is that we're going to get answers to the questions we've had on earth. And there are more blessings, as John tells us. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13 Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, so that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds will follow them. I see two great things stand out from the above passage. First, we will rest from the earthly labors like earning a paycheck, or paying the mortgage, or fixing the homestead, handling daily chores, and even facing persecution for your godly stand. The trials and testing will be complete. Second, their deeds follow with them, reminds the faithful Christian that the godly service and sacrifice done on earth will be remembered and rewarded in heaven. 
Luke 12 and 19. Those chapters are good passages to read to see Jesus discussing this promise to the believer in the forms of parables. And look at the other wonders of heaven promised to the Christian. Revelation 22 and verse 3, there is no sin in heaven. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17, God will be rejoicing over us, actually singing in joy for us. Isaiah 25 and verse 6, the Lord himself will lay out the heavenly menu for our feasting and celebration. Luke chapter 12 and verse 37 says, the Lord Jesus Christ himself will set us down and serve us himself. Revelation 19 and verse 9 says, the marriage supper of the Lamb is one of the great first celebrations we can enjoy in heaven. So when I hear someone claim that in heaven they'd be disappointed, I truly believe that they have not even begun to mind the depths of the wonders of the life in the celestial presence of Yahweh the Father. The passage in Romans 8 verses 19 through 22 tells us that all of creation is groaning, waiting for the freedom to come. I don't see any reference to disappointment or loss. I read about a universe of expectation for deliverance. Under Christ, the whole of creation is going to be restored, the way things should have been in the first place. Jesus himself says this in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus tells the disciples that believers will reign and enjoy and love in heaven at the restoration of all things. You talk about excitement. I'm fascinated by the promise of Jesus found in the book of Revelation. This is a mind-exploding reality. Revelation 21 and verse 5, He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Think of it. The believer will have a new body, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 53 through 57. The believer's relationship is new. We'll see God face to face. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 4 says that. The believer's home is new. We can read about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. And there are so many more promises. If you have given your life, your love, and your loyalty to the Lord in giving your life to Jesus, you have begun to understand the eternal love explained in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in great detail. You can rest in the promise that this love will be fully understood in our heavenly home. God's love for his children is so great that Isaiah 49 and verse 16 states, Behold, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. This is a magnificent verse of Yahweh's love to his followers. God is saying, I love you so much that I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. That Hebrew word is hakak, and it means something similar to a a tattoo, uh, marking on the hand that won't go away. I've read that sailors of ancient days would have their loved ones gave their names engraved on the palms of their hand so that as they work, they would never forget their loved ones. And this is what God the Father is saying about us. He's saying, the proof of my love is that I'm going to engrave my love for you on the palms of my hands. And isn't that what Jesus did when he had his palms pierced for us when he went to the cross? 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 See how great a love the Father has given us so that we would be called the children of God, and in fact we are. Amazing love, pure joy, heavenly comfort. Death is not the end for the Christian. There's no disappointment. It's the beginning of an adventure. I've concluded the reading today of Heaven, 
The Adventure Begins, the first section here in book number two of our seven-book series. I really have enjoyed being able to read this to you. I'll continue on with our reading here in our future podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening. This is Brad. God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.